Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Be exalted in this place. Be exalted in this place. so good. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys. You guys are amazing. Appreciate that. Listen, my first language with with the Lord is worship. You know, that's my, that's my, that's my jam, you know? Um, So sometimes when I get out, when I get up here, it's hard to move from there. You know what I'm saying? And everything, and everything we do, we must be obedient to the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. All right, so, uh, well, uh, it's awesome to be here with you guys. You know, Pastor Chris uh, is, I believe, in Tampa, you know what I'm saying? And he's going to bring down the house over there. You know, uh, I talked to him now. He was, he was on a flight on the way over there. I talked to him a few hours ago. And, uh, Pastor, we just want to honor you and bless you and Gabby's life. Thank you for, for building us and launching us into what God has called us to do. You know, um, thank you for believing in the people that you have around you. And uh, we just love you and honor you and declare that whatever God is going to do an amazing, amazing work over there in Tampa. Amen? All right, cool. So I believe we're starting a new series. Uh, I don't know if we have the art. Christmas at Numa. How many of you guys like Christmas time? Man, I've been watching like Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2. How many of you guys like Home Alone all the, all the, all the nineties babies. Or I'm bringing up my kids. My, my kids like Rocky. My kids like Home Alone One, Home Alone Two. I'm taking them old school. I don't, I don't know about them Hallmark movies that they be playing now. Those Christmas movies are a little, little. I don't know, man. They're just whatever. But it's a great, it's a great time and a great season. And it's crazy, man, because there's certain things that you like to eat, you know, at the season, you know, November, you know, December. And I remember me and my wife, we wanted to, we love the, the, the butternut squash soup, you know, with the little pumpkin seeds on top. How many of you guys like that? Everybody's going to hit up Aneda right after this, right? <laughs> so we were like, we need to make it, like for the family. So my wife usually is the one that, you know, she gets the recipe and she does her thing. And then she, I'm like the, the, the errand boy. You know, I go get everything. Husbands, anybody? Amen. Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? It's okay. Uh, that's what we do, man. Um, so then, you know, I went, I went to Publix and I was walking around and, and I was looking and then I was just reading through things and I get this and get that. And then I uh, kind of, uh, so I bought an ingredient that I thought was correct. happened to you huh yes <laughs> and I get home and we're like putting everything together she's like do this do that I'm mixing everything in the pot blah 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 and all of a sudden bro there's this smell and uh if your food ever clears your sinus you probably did something wrong 
if it's doing what Vicks VapoRub is supposed to do for your sinus, you probably used the wrong ingredient. And what happens is that my wife asked me, and one of the ingredients were apples, was apple cider. I got apple cider vinegar. So you could imagine the stench in my house. And I don't even know why it tasted it. I knew something was wrong, but she's like, but taste it. Cause man, man, it was, it was rough. It was rough. So I had to go do another trip. You know, I had to get all the ingredients all over again. This time I made sure I got apple cider. And everything went well. It was delicious, man. We enjoyed a nice butternut squash soup. So why am I telling you this? Because today's teaching is called, man, I tripped over that like three times. Whatever. It's called Ingredients for a Memorable Christmas. Ingredients for a Memorable Christmas. Now, now these are, these are not all the ingredients, but I'm just going to go and touch three of them. Okay, and the first one is this. Giving is better. Giving is better. Okay, Acts 20, verse 25 and 35 say this. And 35 through 37 say this. Check this out. Now, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. This is Paul speaking. Check this out. He's saying... He's about to tell something, he's telling something to a group of people that it's going to be their last time that he's going to see them. Have you guys ever had that moment where you're never going to see someone close to you ever again? Yes? Right? I want you guys to understand the context of what he's saying because it adds adds weight to what he's saying because it's not just a a simple conversation that he's having during lunch. It's not a conversation that he's having out, out leaving his house or coming back from his job. It's not that type of conversation. The conversation that he's having with these people, what he's telling these people is, is something that carries weight because it's the last words that he's speaking to them before they ever see him again. Yeah? And then verse 35 to 37 says this. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Again, the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of Picture this, man. This is not just... He knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see him again. Then they all accompanied him to his ship. Now, what a crazy, what a crazy scene, right? They're not just saying, all right, deuces. Peace out, Paul. Have a safe, safe trip, you know. Text me when you get there. They're never going to see him again. And he, he's speaking all these things that he's spoken before. And the last thing of the last thing that he says to them is that Jesus said that it's blessed, it's better to give than to receive. So not only is this passage important, but the, the last thing out of this important passage that he says to them before he leaves is that it's better to give than to receive. When we read that, we should understand that that little phrase or that verse carries a lot of weight. 
And I believe if we understood that, we would walk and live our life differently. So my question is, why is it better to give than to receive? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 through 13. I mean, let's do 6. If you can put 6 up there really quick, if you have it. 6. If not, then I'll just read from 7. No? All right, you don't have 6? Okay, we'll go from 7. 7 disappeared. Okay, say there again. All right. Each of you should give what you decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. It's important that we understand in verse 10 it says this, Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So we read the first passage about seed and before that I believe it, it, the verse 6 it talks about he gives seed to the sower, Right? And according to according, uh, 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 how you sow, if you sow uh, you know, in sparity, you won't, your, your, your reaping will be small. But if you, sm- you sow in abundance, your, 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 your reaping will be in abundance. Yes? So that, amen, we, we're like, man, that's a great word. Because what happens, a lot of us focus our giving on what we're going to get in return when we release the seed. Yes? Yeah? Sometimes our giving it has... has Double intentions, you know what I'm saying? Ah, I'm gonna sow because, and, and it's a principle. You sow a seed, you're gonna reap fruit. You know, you don't, you sow a, a mango seed, you don't know if you're gonna get a mango with a hundred, uh, 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 mango tree with a hundred mangoes, like Pastor Chris's, that, that when it's time to, the, the reaping, the harvest is crazy, that they start rotting on the floor. Or you don't know if you're gonna get a mango tree with one mango. And the tree's just trying to push out that one mango, man. But the thing is that our eyes are always drawn to things that benefit us. Because the opposite of being, being giving is being selfish. It's selflessness versus selfishness. It's Christ-centered and people-centered than against me-centered. And all of us deal with the situation. But I want you guys to understand something that is bigger than just the fruit of the seed that you're sowing. In in the end of verse 11, it says this. Your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Listen. Listen to what that verse is saying. Your generosity, what you let go, what you give, what you decide to be uh, selfless with, is going to create something in the person that you're giving and those that are around them to say thank you to you, but not only to you, to God. And isn't that the reason that we're here? Isn't that the reason? Are we here not to establish the kingdom of God and his principles? So that others would know that there's a God that lives and that he's real and, he, and that he's, and he'll move on our behalf and he'll move for us and he'll protect us and he'll guard us and he'll guide us. 
But if we do not give, then others around us, your family members, your co-workers, your friends, they won't know that there is a God behind everything that you do and represent. And then it says this. I need you guys to listen to this, man. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, yes, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the, check this out, listen to this phrase, for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity is sharing with them and with everything, everyone else. So not only is it going to produce thanksgiving, but it's going to produce praise. Yeah? Because right now, it's, 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 everybody's in that time and, and hey, we got a store, we got a store, we got a store, we got a store. Yeah, I believe in wisdom and, and, and knowing the times, but you got to sow. You got to give. At the end of the year, we're thinking about what's happening next year. What are my plans? What is God going to do in my family, in my children, through my church, in my gifting, in my job? And, and, we, and we know, I don't know about you guys, I'm not like that. My wife is. She'll get up all, you know, you know sticky notes and her journal. And, and in January 2052, we have plans to, you know, not me. I'm like, I'm planning January 1st on the 31st, like at midnight, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what are we going to do tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody's different. You know something you can do to make sure that your, your 2022 is in abundance? Give. Give. That scripture says... That our confession of faith is accompanied by obedience. Some of our confessions are walking around lonely because there are no acts of obedience that accompany our, works of, uh, our, our words of confessions. We prophesy and we say this, say this is who I am and this is the God that I follow. Listen, you know, this is... No, Pastor, you say you don't understand, man. Like I see you up there, you know, with with, with your, your nice clothes, with your ripped jeans and stuff like that, and and your shoes and your hair slicked back and stuff like that. Hey, don't get it twisted, man. Everything's on sale. <laughs> Listen, my wife is a a Ross extraordinaire. Any wives here, Ross extraordinaires? Don't be ashamed, girl. Raise your hand, proud. Get coals. There you go. See, come on now. You know what I'm talking about? You got, Harold is a, is a Coles member over here, boy. He, he got miles on his, on his Coles card. He's going to travel the world, baby, on Coles back. <laughs> I don't have, Pastor. I don't have. That's why I got ripped jeans, because jeans that are whore are more expensive. You know what I'm saying? They're missing pieces that you get a discount. Pastor, I don't have money. Listen, I don't even have money to buy a soda or a drink. I've been drinking water, H2O, baby, and not even bottled water. 
You know, I had a friend that he had a fan, he got a, he got a, a, a Voss glass bottle and he, and I told, I told my bro, because we have another friend that works for Voss, hey, did he supply you with a year's supply of Voss? And he's like, no, bro, I've been filling up this bottle since like four months ago. <laughs> and some of us are like, I don't have nothing to give. Acts 3, 1 through 6. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was named from birth was being carried to a temple gate called Beautiful. Temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. It's crazy because this man has been crippled for years to his birth. And God, God has people carry him to a cake called beautiful. This that sound crazy, man. You know, this man is crippled and they carry him every day to that gate called beautiful. It's like if God knew something was going to happen at that gate before even that man knew what was going on in his life. Maybe God knew that at that gate called beautiful, a beautiful experience was going to happen with a beautiful God. And it was going to be a beautiful healing on a beautiful deliverance and he would have a beautiful testimony. Sometimes we're at a gate and we're at a place that we can't see a way out, but God has called that place beautiful before you even in the situation that you're in. And then we say, like Peter, look, man, hey, let me get some money. Come on, we know what homeless people look like, right? In the streets, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's people, I found out, I found out a little while ago that a young man that used to come to this church, he's been missing for a month. Someone that was really close to me. And he's been dealing with drugs and stuff like that. And I declare, man, that, that the word that's been placed in his heart and in his life will bear fruit. And those words will draw him back to the feet of God. But sometimes we make it, no, I don't got money. If you don't got money, then give people what you got. What I have, I give you. What do you have? You have time. You have love. You have peace. You have food. You have a smile. You have arms that you can embrace someone. I know right now, oh, fist pump. Listen, I know what's going on, but if the Holy Spirit tells you to hug someone, you hug someone. We don't walk in fear. I'm not telling you to go out there and be like hugging everybody you see. That's not what I'm telling you, but if the Spirit of God is leading you to hug someone, then hug someone. Back in the day, and I was in the dance ministry, Listen, I've already told that story. Stop laughing, man. That's, that's, I know it's funny every time I say it, but it's, I've said it before, okay? Get it out, get it out, laugh, laugh. And I'm there, and I'm leading and doing my thing, and we're worshiping, and, you know, yeah, you know, doing my thing, you know, you doing? And all of a sudden, in the middle of worship, there's this guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he's this, like, hardcore New Yorkian, standing like this. 
Come on, Harold. Harold was saying, putting on blast. He's just like this. This is the, this is the universal gangster pose for don't bother me. You got to do the lips because the lips give it like a little. Uh, I've been giving you some gangster classes the last couple of teachings. I'm going to start charging for that because that's going to be, uh, all right. I'm going to give you my Zell account. All right, um. And the Holy Spirit says, go hug him. Come on, man. Like I'm thinking like, like I told you, our uniforms are already questionable. So now I got to go hug a dude in this uniform. It's not working out for me, man. Thank God that my wife was in the dance ministry with me. And so she, you know, she kind of knew what was going on and admired me for doing that. But and I remember walking up to this guy and I'm like, thinking like, I don't know. And the Holy Spirit says, like, hug him. So I hug him, and I'm thinking I'm going to do one of these. You know, because that's like the, the, the manly hug. You know, like, one, two, let go. If you hold on for more than the one, two, people start feeling weird. And I went to go do this, and, went, and the Holy Spirit says, don't let go. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know if he was telling me that because he was going to try to throw me across the, you know, and I just hold on to him, man. And I close my eyes. And I started dancing. Now I'm at I look at I hug him. I hold on to him. And all of a sudden, that man begins to weep. I didn't ask him what was going on. I didn't ask him what happened. He just began to weep. And like shake uncontrollably. Like this dude wasn't doing like the, you know, like that. He was just like, and I'm just holding on, you know? Yeah, bro, it's like the youth fair. Listen to me. What you have, give. We're laughing, and yeah, we're having a good time, that's okay. But the truth is there's people out there that need to know that there's a God that loves them so much that he would send one of his sons or one of his daughters to give them what they need, even though they're not asking for it. Because when you're asking for it, it's expected. But when you don't, you haven't spoken to anybody about it, you haven't let anybody know, and someone comes and touches that need, they got to look up. Because I didn't tell no one. And this guy came up to me, or this girl came up to me. I didn't have any food in my fridge. And this family came to my house and just delivered groceries. What you have, give. What do you have? What do you have? There's no excuse, church. There's no excuse. How many, have you guys taken these? God loves you. Our cars should be full of these things. Before you leave, I don't know where they are, but get you a handful of these cards and give what you have. 
Give what you have. Oh, pastor, you know, the truth is I, only, I, can, I can only afford, you know, buying a, 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 something from the dollar menu. Man, I eat from the dollar menu. Some good stuff in the dollar menu. Come on now. Some of y'all know the dollar menu by memory from Wendy's and, and, and McDonald's and Burger King. And you got all types of coupons. You got digital coupons. You got the paper coupons. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's shift our eyes from ourselves to someone else. And let's give what we have. Amen? All right. The next ingredient, and I'm going to fly through this, is people community. John 15, 12, and 13 says this. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Anybody, can anybody tell me the name of your favorite preaching that you've ever heard? Anybody? Going once. Going twice. That's, not, that's the name of the preacher. The name of the preaching. Preaching. Anybody? If you know it, you can remember me? No? It's Friday the 13th. It's Friday the Sunday's coming. So out of this whole entire room, one person remembered one of their favorite preachings out of maybe 70, 80, 90. I don't know how many people are here. Now I'm going to ask you another question. Can anybody here name, tell me the name of a person who has impacted your life and changed it forever? Raise your hand. Almost everybody in this room that has two arms just raised their hand. Why? Because it's not about teachings and preachings. It's about people and community. You hear me? The fact that you're here is because of someone, yes or no? Someone came and decided to take time from their busy life and say, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to talk to you about someone I know named Jesus. Or someone came and, and came to your house and, 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 and hung out with you and spent months and months and months building a relationship until you could see what they live in and what they do so that you would say, hey, you're different. Why? Or maybe a, a, a leader has taken, you know, uh, small group uh, after small group 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 to live life with you. And that's why you're still here. Something happens in, in, the, in, the, youth, in the youth groups that, that they don't tell you when you start leading young people. Because you think people are gonna, young people are going to stay because the preaching is good or because the worship is good. You know why they stay? Because they're friends. Because of people. Isn't it interesting that of all the things, the elements that we speak about, you know, the one thing that really gravitates or brings people to Jesus is people. And it's the element that's missing from the body of Christ. Because we do not decide to give what we have. We do not decide to be those people that say, you know what, I'm going to show you what Jesus looks like. I'm going to show you what somebody showed me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on the phone with you until, uh, you know, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I remember one time, you know, when, when LeBron James announced his, his, his coming to, to, to Miami. I'm like, bro, sitting by the TV. I'm like, bro, this guy. And the rumors are ready. He's going to Miami. He's going to Miami. I'm there. 
and, and you know, he's there, and he's about to, like, this uh, offseason, oh, this is difficult. Uh, I'm going to take my talents, and all of a sudden, my phone rings. And I'm thinking that the guy is calling me to celebrate. And I'm like, yo, he's coming to Miami. And I hear like, nah. I'm like, you're that happy, bro, that you're crying because LeBron's coming? And he's like, nah, Pastor, I'm going through this. And in my heart, this is is how selfish our heart is. I'd rather watch a a man that doesn't know me, doesn't care about me, doesn't know that I exist, say that he's coming to Miami, than help someone that needs Jesus at that moment. That's who we are, man. And a lot of times we come up here and we're like this nice gift and, it, and it's, it's, it's nice. But it's empty. You want to take this home? It looks nice. But there's no substance. Nobody likes opening a gift that has nothing inside, that has no substance. And what's been happening is that people that don't know the people that don't know Jesus have been meeting people that know Jesus and they have great confessions but no acts of obedience. So when they open the gift after a few weeks that you look nice at church and you say everything cool and you speak Christianese, when they get to know you, they open and they're like, wait, he looks just like me. Man can come up. And I'm not talking to you or at you. I'm talking to myself, man. Like, I deal with this. I'm telling you. The last ingredient, and probably, not probably, the most important ingredient out of the ones that I'm mentioning today is Jesus Isaiah 9 verse 6 for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace You want to have a memorable Christmas? Instead of waiting to see what you're going to receive, how about we give? How about we give? Instead of worrying about just me and my own, why don't you love on some people? I'm sure that there's people in this congregation that have no one to spend Christmas with. That will not receive one gift for Christmas. To us, to us, 
a child is born. I love the fact that he talks about a child being born because it makes me think of how Jesus was born. Now, the Bible doesn't put things out there just because whatever, but when you think about how Jesus was born, how he was being chased and persecuted, his family, he wasn't even out of the mom's womb yet and, and people were trying to moving from place to place they get to the place that they that you know because mary's about to pop they're knocking they're looking everything and they can't find and they end up in a cave where animals stay but if you go to israel they show you what it would look like it's a small cave man it's dark it's it's uncomfortable and i could imagine it filled with animals and with everything that animals do and he see jesus wasn't born in a palace surrounded by gold and silver and precious stones when he came to this earth he didn't have a pillow you know how we do for our kids that say their name and he said i am he didn't have an i am pillow he his mom was probably on a rock next to a pile of of animal poop and jesus decided to break through into this world there so we all are here on Christmas. There's a world out there on Christmas. And Jesus wants to do the same thing he did in that cave. In your heart. And in your life. Oh, pastor, you don't know me. Yeah, I do. Because I didn't think I deserved anything from God. I'm the, I thought I was the worst of the worst. And God in my life, he broke forth in the darkest, most oppressive moment in my life. And he wants to do it with you. And he wants to do it with everybody out there. We want to have a memorable Christmas? Let's have a memorable Christmas. Let's make sure that everyone that we encounter remembers this season. Not because of Santa Claus and gifts and all that stuff, but because they ran into Jesus at Home Depot. Or they ran into Jesus at Walmart. Or at Pollo Tropical. Or wherever it is that you work. Or wherever it is that you live. Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. Just close your eyes and lift up your hands.
be bold because it takes a bold decision to change your life. And if you're here for the first time or the second time or the third time, it doesn't matter. I sat in a room listening to the word of God in, in, in a school and I never, I never committed to him. And one day God just did something with me in a, in a youth retreat and changed. He rocked me and it changed forever. So if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, if you've never made a decision to open your heart, open your life to him and let him be your Lord and your Savior, you recognize that without him, you're nothing. You're just a plain sinner like me and like everybody else in this room. But today you say, Jesus, I need you. And just like he broke through in that dark, lonely place, surrounded by what he was surrounded with, he can break forth in your heart today and in your life. And if that's you, you've never made that decision. If you're watching through these cameras or you're listening to this message and if that's you, just want you to raise your hand if you're here. I just want to pray with you. That's all. Just raise your hand. If you're listening online, I want you to repeat after me if you're making this decision. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you've done on that cross for me. Today I recognize that I am a sinner and that you died for my sins. I ask you for forgiveness, my God, of all my sins. And I receive that forgiveness for my past, present, and future sins. Believing, Father God, that you have paid the price for me. I ask you to come to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill me and would guide me and lead me in this new walk. I thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Before we close, so can we commit to those three things today as Numa Church and say, you know what? I'm going to give. I don't have money or I have money. I have a lot of money, but this is not about money, right? Because nobody paid you money to come to church, right? They gave you what they had. Alright. So that's not an excuse. Give someone else what you have. Two, love on some people, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Random acts of kindness. We have the cards. Yeah. And if you don't have the cards, do it anyways. Right? Because we're not trying to bring people to our church. We are the church. Right? And then three. Just worship Jesus, man. Isn't he good? Yeah? You remember where he took you from? I will never forget, man. <laughs> I will never forget. And he continues to do it, man, because sometimes we mess up. And he's faithful. Father, I bless every man, every woman, every child, every young person in this place. And I send them out, my God, to these streets of Miami, the businesses, the restaurants, the neighborhoods, Lord. To love and give to people what they need. And to show you off to them. I bless them, Father God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. 
If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.